person who says, I don't need anybody, I don't need friends, relying to themselves and various others. We all need friendship. I was just over 15 when I left Bristol, I left the council estate in Henry to go and work on a farm in St. Bedford, miles away from anywhere. I didn't know the people that I was going to live with, I had no friends in the area, and I knew loneliness. So lonely that one morning I went out and I put my arm around the couch and had me cry on my shoulder. But then I came home uh, a couple of months later and I met up with all my school friends. And uh, we had a good time together and I went back and each time, but each time I came home, uh, there were fewer of those friends. They'd all come in different ways, the same as I had. And then gradually, as the year or so passed, I would come home and see my family, and then I would go back to Devon to be with my friends. And so our friendship group often changes as, as we progress through life, and I can look back and see some of these different stages. But friendship is important. And not just ordinary friendship, but very loyal friendship. We need people who will stand alongside us. People who will be honest with us. People who will see us through times of trouble. People who, when we've done something stupid, will still walk with us without judgment. And so this morning we're going to talk about friendship. We're going to talk about um, Jonathan. I'm going to ask Ashley if she'll come and read from 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verses 1 to 6. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the son of Jonathan was linked to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armour, to even his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out whenever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war and was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it had happened as they were coming home, when David was returning to, from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the woman had come out of the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced, and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have done but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit of God came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside the house. 
So David played music with his hand, and at other times, oh, as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand, and Saul's cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David had escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence, and made him his captain over a thousand. And she went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. Let's look at an earlier verse from 1 Samuel 17, 36, 37, like David. It's how David's heart was when he went into battle. He said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied, defied the enemies of the living God. Moreover, David said, Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear? He will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. And so we can see that where Paul's heart was, he believed that God would go out and would be with him and that he could fight this giant. That it wouldn't be his battle, but it would be God's battle. It would be God's who defied uh, Goliath. And so we know that how the battle went, that David took a stone and he swam and, uh, and he uh, killed Goliath. He won the battle for Saul. But the problem was, people looked to David. Saul was their elected king. David was the commander of his army. Although God had chosen David to, to be a king, he was still a soldier at this place. And so as they went home, we found this verse which Ashley read to us in 18 verse 7. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. 
Here he was being elevated by the people, the people who had elected Saul to be king. But here they were elevating David. And that's why in that earlier slide I heard that Paul was jealous and he was afraid. He was afraid of losing his position, losing his status to David. And so we look at the, the character of Saul. In verse 18, verse 9, it says, chapter 18, verse 9, it says, From that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. Other translations say a close eye. Um, there are different ways of putting this, but subsequent events show that jealous is a good word for it. I mean, the idea he was keeping, I suppose, in, in modern language was this, you know, I'm watching you. He was keeping a close eye on him. Why? Because Paul was dangerous. He was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and had not departed and had departed from Saul. So here you see the difference in relationship. Saul could see that David was the man of God. And as long as he was the man of God, then he would have the power that he had when he killed Goliath. And he could see his own um, power diminishing. But then we have Jonathan that comes into the picture. Jonathan, who was the, uh, the true heir to the throne. And Jonathan could have gone the same way as Saul. He could have been jealous of David, he could have uh, gone against him, could have tried like Saul to destroy him because he would, was going to lose his position as king. But instead of which he saw truth, he saw justice and recognised and honoured God's choice in David. In fact, as I've said, Paul uh, proposed, uh, sorry, David proposed no threat to Saul at all. One of the signs of his godliness is that he did have nothing to do with overthrowing the king. But God had actually put him back. And he was thoroughly consistent with that through the conflict with, with Saul. He did nothing to harm him. So Saul uh, had, it gone right, <coughs> had it gone wrong, it was kind of paranoia that he had. But let's take a closer look at Jonathan, look at his loyalties, because they, they weren't straightforward. We have Jonathan with his father who was the king. He needed to be loyal in a sense to, to his father. He, his father was the king, he was in the king's army, he was the son, and so there was a call, a call for loyalty in that direction. And at the same time, he had his friend David, who he could see these good things in, who 
he wanted to support because he could see that he was going God's way. And yet, in that tug of war, nowhere do we, we find any hint of jealousy with David, uh, with uh, Jonathan. He was willing to give up his rights for God's chosen one. Jonathan may be the king's son, and David the probable usurper. But Jonathan can see in David something of the Spirit of God at work. Is more interested in this than his own personal ambition and he's in great contrast to his father and so david so um, jonathan had another loyalty and it was the overriding one he was loyal to god he wanted to face the direction that god wanted him to face and it was that that, uh, that position with God and the recognition that made him very much one with David. When we look at Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 14 verse 6, we can see the likeness. Then Jonathan said to the young man who wore his armour, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, remember that's what David said about Goliath, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving many by, by few. And so you can see when you take these two statements, the one David made before he went to Goliath and Jonathan made before he went to war, you can see that there was a likeness of mind and purpose. Something that went beyond just casual um, casual friendship and so we can look we've looked at uh, so we look at David we look at Jonathan Jonathan the loyal and Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul and when we look back at friends and as we say friends come and friends go how many can we say we love as our soul? And yet that was the relationship. And he made a, in 20 verse 16, further on in the story, so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David. In other words, he was embracing David's position, not just as a person, but as a king. Let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemy. And thirdly, Sir Johnson said, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. This is a huge commitment. This is saying, look, you know, we're talking about the king's hand here. As far as the king on one hand and David on the other. And he's saying to David, whatever you need, Whatever you want, I will do it for you because I love you. I love you as I love myself. That is huge loyalty. And Psalm 1 Samuel 18 verse 1. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, 
the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and uh, uh, Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Jonathan was also brave. In chapter 20, verse 32, verse 33, Jonathan answered and said to his father and said to him, Why should he, that is David, be killed? What's he done? Then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. And here we can see the cost of the loyalty. You can see because he had um, permitted David to, to, to do things that uh, his father was so angry that he would kill his own son. You know, when I said that the conflict, in, you know, the, the stress of both directions, here was the stress. His father was so angry and so jealous that he threw up a spear. His own son. That is something dreadful when your mind gets into that state. You know, jealousy and envy can do terrible things to us. And so here we have a man. He was faced a spear from his own father. A man who knows that he's lost his position as king, he's not going to be king, he knows that won't happen now. We have a man who knows God and knows God's ways. And so he goes and seeks David out. I said, as soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place to the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. They kissed one another and wept together, but David more so. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. Since we both saw sworn by the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. And he arose and departed, and Jonathan went to the city. Jonathan kind of disappears from his glory then because he goes to battle, and he goes to battle with his father. There is still that loyalty, despite his father's behaviour, still that loyalty in that direction. And he lost his life. And eventually David became king. And David reigned as king. When we come to the final part of the story, as far as uh, this is concerned, when we when we move on to uh, one Samuel, two Samuel chapter nine. And in verse one, we have what I'm calling Jonathan's memorial fight. I called it now because it's David's kindness to Mephibosheth. I wish he had, I wish he was called Fred, I'm sorry. <laughs> David went to Saul's house. Is there anyone left in this house of Saul that I may show him kindness to 
Jonathan's sake. Some of the evil had gone on in that house, in the house of Saul, and David was seeking out, is there anyone that I can remember Jonathan by? He took Jonathan's son, who was disabled. He took him into his own home. And so he says here, the great white crowd in Jerusalem, for he had continually at the king's table. That love for Jonathan, even after his death, was still there through his son. The faithfulness was took back in the other direction as well. It's a wonderful story, read it right the way through, it won't go as a story. They say I've only been able to just bring some of the highlights to you this morning because of time. But we have got to uh, look at these things and apply them to ourselves. What sort of friendships do we have? Are they just casual things that pass by and people come and they go? Yes, we do. You know, I can think of in my lifetime, I can think of, you know, short-term friends of, of like a five years, ten years, twenty, like a thirty-year friends. Ones that have been there, been there for me over a period of time. And the circumstances change and other friends change, but the quality of friendship. And the friends that you can be honest with. When you've done wrong, you can go and say, I've messed up. And they stand with you. Friends, when there's grief, when you can go and cry with them. And feel it loved when you turn. Friends that you can laugh with. It's not all serious. You ask Robert. And so in our lives, in our daily lives, we, we need these friends. You know, even with people who have no family or no outside contact, they have a dog or a cat. They need that company, they need that friends. But as we sit here this morning, we can go beyond that. We have another friend. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. We have in ourselves a divided loyalty in the sense we, we live in a world that it is. And the Bible indicates that we, we should Keep the laws of this land, as it were. The chaos, otherwise. But at the same time, our eyes are looking to God, looking to Jesus. Jesus, who loved us with his life. Jesus, who gave his life for us. That we might have eternal life. Jesus said, when we hurt, he hurts with us. 
Jesus who, when we need strength, gives us strength. And Jesus who, I know, shares our joys. We have a friend. But we need to reflect that friendship in our earthly life as well. Keep our eyes on God as, as, as Jonathan did. He, he said he had these loyalties that way, but then he said, loyalty upward to God in Christ. And that allowed him to live on one side in his father's home and on the other side with David, his close friend. God was that common link. Because God so loved us that he gave his only son to die. Who believes in him shall have everlasting life. And I say I've said this before, but it is such a great gift. Many of you won't know this, but you know, I was I didn't get my love like in my wife, uh, life for my wife or my family. I did my life for you. But would I give my son for you? That's a totally different question. Would I give my son and my daughter? Give their lives to someone else. It's a tough question. Those of you with children will know what I'm saying. Those of you with David will know. God gave his only son to die so we won't come and turn around. That's a big thing because he loves us. Because of that, we have a loyalty to him and a strength from him and a knowledge that he is ultimately faithful to us. And David opened his table to Mephibosheth. He had the king's table. Over the table to us. Before he went to the cross, Jesus said, he took uh, his disciples to the Last Supper. And they scattered around, they, they, they gave the different aspects of that meal. There were a number of different aspects. And he took bread. With that bread, he forecast what was happening to him. He said, this is my body which was broken for you. He knew that within days he would be on that cross. A broken man. Then he took the, took the wine and he broke it. Uh, he drank it. He said, this is my blood which was shed for you. He was fulfilling the covenant. We, we talked about covenant with Jonathan and David, and 
here is his covenant with us and with God. His blood was the price paid for you and me. And he said, take, drink, eat, take, drink, do this in remembrance of me. And so we have the table set before us with the bread and the wine. And we'll take that this morning and we remember, remember the loyalty, remember the closeness of soul that God has with us. <laughs>